good morning. Good morning. How is everybody? Benny, how are you? Hi, doing very well. I know. I I, I am. I think it should be a dance break all day today. <laughs> a dance break in the in the heat. Right? But we have such an amazing guest that I want to talk to. I know. Can I we do know. it next time? Yes. Okay. We can do it. Right. We can do it next Great. time. Great. Anyway, everybody, welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. And I have a fan this morning for cooling down. Oh, oh the other type of fan, you know, that you like would meet no. in person or, I mean, no. you know, okay. No. Yeah, no. it's uh, quite uh, toasty in the Pacific Northwest and pretty much all over and be around. Just be careful out there. Plenty of water. Take care of your animals. Don't leave them in cars uh, and lots of ice. And yeah, if you if you don't have a fan, Get a fan. Be a friend of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for uh, right, that. Right, right. Uh, I think I got it. <laughs> all the of more the above. Yeah, all the above. Yeah. All the above. Yeah, well, thanks for that, by the way. Um, yeah, one of my uh, people, uh, you know, kind of reached one out. One of your fans. And, yeah. Had a little bit of an issue with finding a, a dog in a car and oh. gotten a little bit of a discussion with the oh, woman a heated discussion <laughs> a heated discussion that's what so i thought mm -hmm. please remember that yeah the heat is not something that we're really used to no. and, and and animals are people too yep that's you got it our furry <laughs> yeah. little babies our furry babies yeah that's how it is so wow we're almost to august i'm kind of blown away um i don't even know what to say i'm just gonna check in. Um, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27 years. And you can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com. And I do a Sunday meditation with Loretta at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Sundays. And if you can't come, sign up. I'll send you a recording. It's that easy. It doesn't matter. And now, wow, today, and I'm going to bring my guest Stephanie on in a minute. She's an amazing uh, radiant light. And I'm just going to say today is a new moon in Leo. Mm. And she couldn't be here on a more appropriate date. A new moon in Leo. Great time for um, making a bold statement. And as the moon roars into the fiery sign of Leo, fiercely. Mm. She'll want a dramatic kind of show. Our actions are going to be more important in this scenario. Passions are going to run high. Passions. If you've needed a passion, <sighs> thank goodness. And now needs for expression can reveal themselves. Be a little delicate with that fiery energy. The heart and fire of Leo will help us get in tune with our creative and courageous sides as we go after new chapters in our life. Finding your purpose is what Leo's passion is directing you towards. And pressures are high. <laughs> pressures are high in the sky from every angle. Mercury, the planet of communication, is in Leo. That's going to embolden you. It might also make you say things, so be careful. And it's going to be staring down Saturn, the planet of karma or structures in Aquarius, and they are both in the snake pit with Mars, the planet of war and Uranus. 
and they're heading toward an explosive conjunction in Taurus on June, July, excuse me, 30 to 31st of this month. If you've been listening to my show, I've been telling you for weeks now, watch out for the end of July because it's explosive and we do want to, um, I don't know, I look at these things like change has to happen, right? Like structures do fall and new structures rise. But be very careful. This is such a volatile energy. Don't throw a match on it, right? There's enough fire without that. So the new the need to do something totally outside of the box may be kind of knocking on your door or asking you to be bold or courageous or finally do it. Just do it, right? Just jump on that Leo energy and say, you know what? I think I can find my inner roar. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just trying to get Stephanie in the mood, right? Right. So pressure is going to lead people to do things that might be out of character for them, but necessary in the moment. So like I said, come from the place of kindness and love and not aggression and anger. We got enough of that in the world. The other big thing going on is the Lionsgate portal is officially open. It will stay open until August 12th and it peaks on the 8th of October of August. Man, what month am I in? 8-8 Lionsgate portal. And what is it? It's a connection between the star Sirius, the great central sun, Earth's sun, Earth's grid point, Orion's belt, and the great pyramid of Giza. This alignment is known as the Lion's Gate portal, which is activated when Earth and the sun align with Sirius. Like I said, it's the central sun. It's approximately 20 times bigger than our sun, and it is known as the spiritual sun. It rises each year during midsummer. It's associated with new beginnings, new insights, new light, new awareness, new thinking, and brings with it a higher level of conscious awakening. Um, many people believe that this energy infuses us with divine wisdom, higher knowledge, activates our DNA, our ascension light codes, and uh, <laughs> it, you get the idea. So the portal is wide open. Sirius's rays infiltrate planet Earth and accelerate our personal and spiritual evolution. And once again, just take note, this is all happening during this massive <laughs> energy vortex. <laughs> so it's not a mistake. You know, none of these things are a mistake. So just kind of step into it. I kind of... Um, you know, I realize that this does happen every year, but every once in a while it's more potent than normal. And this is the time, especially with this new moon today, to really set your intentions. What do you want to do within the next couple of weeks? How do you want to utilize this energy that is here for your own growth and development, especially those people whose hearts are being activated? Because like I said, Leo's got a big heart. And, and so many times people come to me and they go, Loretta, I, I want to help or something is shifting in me and I, I don't like my job anymore, you know, or man, the last two years have been so hard on me and I feel like I've lost myself. I want to get back into it. So with that energy, I'm going to bring my guest in. Perfect, perfect day for the amazing Stephanie James to come onto my show. All this lion fierce energy. <laughs> anyway, Stephanie is a filmmaker, a transformation coach, an international speaker, psychotherapist with 30 years experience in mental health. She's author of The Spark and her newest book, Becoming Fierce. 
a book about how to live life fully and embody the powerful, passionate, fiery energy that is the authentic expression of every human being. Wow. Stephanie, did you plan this day to be here? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Of course, this is like divine serendipity to be here now. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the solar goddesses like Sekhmet, right? You know, where there's just this fire and this light and, and yeah, it come, it has to come through. It's got to come through. So I think, uh, you know, some of my listeners probably know who you are. At least I hope they do. You've been on my show before and you've been, you're out there, right? But I would like uh, for you to just tell us a little bit, um, what, you know, what led to the writing of this book? And, and I might even step back one step and say, what is it that kind of activated you or helped you step out? What, what was the pivotal moment in your life? You might reach back there. Sure. I mean, this, this actually is, is a little bit of a story. Um, and, and I think it's one of those essential things because people see people like you and I, Loretta, and you know, we are out there and, and we're making change and we're doing all these projects and we're doing these events. And they think, oh, you know, they must have had a really easy life or, you know, <laughs> things worked really well for them. And that wasn't the case, you know, for any of us. I mean, nobody gets out of life unscathed for sure. And, you know, I share this story because I think it's really poignant into becoming fierce. Um, I, I do have to say first that I was so blessed. I had the most amazing childhood for 13 years. I really did. I had one of those golden childhoods where I had lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents. We did Sunday dinner at grandma's every Sunday out at the farm. Um, and I was one of those little girls. I was just absolute daddy's girl. So I was one of those little girls who would follow my dad around. And if he was working on his workbench, I would be right beside him just hammering nails into a board, you know, just so I could be near him. And we laugh about this little memory where but like when I was six years old, I would sit beside him when he was shaving each morning. He'd sit me up on the counter by the sink and put shaving cream on my face. And I'd use a little plastic toothbrush holder to shave my face. So, you know, it was just, I just wanted to be near him. And so that that's important because this really golden childhood um, at one moment came to an ending. And it was that moment, you know, that I speak about in my book where all of a sudden, my brother and I were woken up in the middle of the night to the sound of screeching tires going out of the driveway. And my father, as we look out the second story window, has jumped on the hood of my mom's car as she's trying to go down the driveway and he's beating on the windshield and trying to get her to come out. And my brother and I are in shock because my parents have never even fought in front of us. There's never been a word between them. And unbeknownst to us, my father had waited till we'd all gone to sleep so he could tell my mother, that he was in love with someone else and wanted a divorce. And it was in, in that moment, you know, this beautiful childhood was really shattered and irreversibly broken. And, and from that point, what happened when I moved out with my father, which of course I did because he was my person and my mother at the time, although I always say she's my very best friend now, um, but at the time after 18 years of marriage became very emotionally unstable. Yeah. You know, it was such a shock to her system as well. So I yeah. moved in with dad and very quickly had a stepmother who, who the two of them made it very clear that I was really considered the other woman. Right. And, and I was no longer allowed 
speak to my father alone. I couldn't be with my father alone. And to this day, I'm not allowed to speak with him alone on the phone. So this huge, huge shift in our relationship happened. And at 16, when I went to go visit my mother, they showed up and said that they were moving to Austin. And of course, growing up here in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I'd been with my little friends in preschool academy, and I was about to be a junior in high school, I said, I'm going to stay. And at that point, my father stopped speaking to me for a year. And, you know, I tell this story because it's really essential because what happened, Loretta, to me at that point is I took the message, wow, there must be really something wrong with me. Like I must be unlovable. And I literally spent the next 15 years of my life trying to prove that I was lovable, trying to prove, trying to get acceptance, really reaching outside of myself for that. And so it, it really became this profound journey of learning how to befriend myself and start loving myself. And so, you know, I, I always share that because yeah. it really wasn't until an awakening in San Francisco where I had a gentleman, Dr. Jaffe, who was the presenter at this healing school, shake my hand. And, and you know these people where they shake your hand and it's like he's looking right to my soul. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know what I'm kind of like take, yeah, you're like, take my hand away yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he got up there to present and about 20 minutes in he looks into the audience and he says hey you in the blue coat I have a message for you and I'm looking around and I'm like looking around all of a sudden I look down I'm like oh crud I'm the one in the blue coat <laughs> you know the message is for me and he says what I want you to know is and then I can't hear him And people kind of start laughing. And I said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And he said, well, what I wanted to say is I still can't hear him. And the third time he tried to say it, all of the air conditioning units in the place came on and nobody could hear him. So at this point, everybody's laughing, you know, and he's like, my dear, please come up here. You know, obviously you have some huge resistance to this message. It still gives me the chills today. Yeah. And when everybody was quiet and he looked at me, he said, my dear, my message for you is stop trying. Stop trying. Because I had been trying my whole life to earn love that if I just looked good enough, if I had the right job, if I, you know, got good enough grades, then I would be lovable. And it was a profound moment for me of like, wow, this is not something I can get outside of me. This is an inside job. And it changed my life. So I think that was my journey into this, uh, really excavating the spark that was me, the essence that was me, that I was born with, that sweet, happy little girl um, that loved everyone and everything. And and truly then began that journey of truly being fierce. That's such a uh, deep and profound and vulnerable sharing. Like, thank you. Mm. yeah, I, I, I can feel it and I can relate to it. And I'm thinking to myself how brilliant God, the universe and all that is, you know, because they made a great big point about that message that was going to come to you by making you <laughs> go through all that to where it's etched <laughs> indelibly in you, right? It's like, yeah. just to make sure you're going to get this message, we're going to put this stuff around it, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and how interesting. I mean, I yeah. have been trying so hard for 15 years. I couldn't hear it. 
Yeah, yeah. I literally could not physically hear it. So yeah, it had to really be brought home where it just would hit my heart in that way. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking about all the people that witnessed that and validated it and were there for you in some strange way. I, I, for some reason, it's just coming home to me, everything I'm saying going, we often don't know, number one, what our effect is upon other people, but there's not upon us, even casual strangers, right, can all be part of that great plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm also thinking to myself, um, you know, your, your story is so to the point because you, you had to face something really pretty extreme from your completely loved and accepted to you're totally out. And um, that trauma, you know, it's trauma, yeah. right? Yeah. And the woundedness that comes from that is such a part of so many people's story. And, you know, I was going to ask you, but you've actually answered the question like, what is it that quote unquote tamed you or took your fierceness from you and then how you reconnected to that right yeah i i just want you to talk more about that because i really get that that was a pivotal point you kind of went boink mm -hmm. oh my goodness what am i doing right but then there's all that work that comes after that right yeah yeah what yeah so what is be what does it mean to be fierce these are two questions but they might be related because okay. they're both coming at the same time um what does it mean to be fierce and what is your what is your mission what is your message what is your pat what is it because something is pulling you yes yeah that gives me the chills and 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 i'll answer that <laughs> first because i feel like my message in my films in my books you know, through the coaching that I do, everything in my life, truly, there's this message that your healing matters. And because exactly what you said, you know, that we are each these essential golden threads in this tapestry of life. And so our healing does matter. And I feel like that's been the work of my life. I, I feel like I'm this conduit and each one of us are. Yeah. this conduit for bringing love and healing through us into the world. And, you know, it's like, we never know the spark at, like you just said, that we might ignite in one another. So I think it's essential that we take responsibility for it. You know, I think when I think of this conduit, I think, yes, you know, we all have these little cobwebs inside. And so the work is how do we clear those out so we can yeah. continue to be that conduit. And as we know, healing is going to take, a, it's a lifetime. We're into this journey. Yeah. So there, there's not a point of arrival, you know, and, but I think the essential message too is that, you know, we're all the same height, which means we're, we're all in this together. There's no one of us, no matter career, income, you know, that, that's better than another. And so when we really get that, we can give ourselves permission, number one, to allow ourselves, not selfishly, but to allow ourselves to be priority in our own lives so that we can give ourselves, even like this morning, you know, I, I really invite people to do a morning practice and an evening practice where that's what they're doing. They have these two bookends to their day. And so even this morning, just to share my own, it's, it's been raining here and thunderstorming all night, all morning. So I went out on my porch this morning and just journaled my gratitudes, you know, and not just what I'm thankful for, but why. And really marinated on that. Let that sink in. 
And then I just did a 15 minute meditation where I just listened and just grounded, you know, and really felt into that conduit, you know, connecting with the divine and really connecting all the way through down into the earth. So those kind of practices and at the, at the end of the night, really looking at what's the best thing that happened today and moving back into that place of gratitude. So I think, you know, as we do those kind of things and take care of ourselves in those ways, that that's priority time, right? And as we do that, we start learning how to befriend ourselves. Yeah. It's not as easy as just, oh, love yourself, be your own best friend. You know, we, we just know it's not that easy. So, so what we learn how to do is start showing up for ourselves. And as we do that day after day, we start building trust that, wow, I really do have my back. I really am here. I can trust that I'm going to show up for me. And when I do that, then it really is true. Like I have this wealth, then I have this reservoir that I operate through my day with, and I can really connect with other people as that clearer conduit. And that helps them to heal, or that helps them connect more with their authentic self. So I mean, that's the joy for me. That's the mission. And so to, to rewind, you know, I think what happened from that point in San Francisco on um, was truly this, this journey. And, and I did, I mean, I did EMDR, which is trauma work. I did um, therapy and spiritual retreats and all kinds of different, you know, women's groups and journaling and I mean all the things I could do um, to continue that clearing if you will and and I refer to it in the book you know as the unsinkable Molly Brown Mm -hmm. so those those people that know the Titanic story know Molly Brown was this great strong woman who in the end you know she survived she survived the sinking of the Titanic and went on to do wonderful things and so for me in my life I think of that, like no matter what hardships we face, no matter what challenges, I think, you know, as, as I say in my film too, it's like those things can become the match point that ignites something within us that then becomes our gift to the world. So that to, to just look at those, it's hard sometimes in the moment to say, oh, this is the great, you know, <laughs> great thing happening in my life. It's really painful. Um, but I feel like my current partner right now, he has taught me a lot about that piece of when you get triggered, when you have something come up to say, oh, what a blessing. You might have that original hit like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Or I can't believe I got you know angry or felt anxious. And instead it's stepping into that and saying, wow, there's a gift here because now what has become conscious what was already acting out unconsciously within me. So now it's conscious. So I can heal it. Yeah. You said so, so many good things in there. Um, Yeah. uh, You said trigger point. I always say when you're activated, right? Like life is designed in its own right, right? Because you are loved so deeply that it will bring you those things to you that are exactly right for you to get riled up. Right. Because when that stuff comes to the surface, then you get to find out how, how am I really doing? Um, you know, um, I have a daily practice also morning and evening, right? And um, this idea that I'm always going to be in a state of bliss is not accurate. <laughs> so 
just letting the world know I, I have my own ups and downs, right? But that to me and nature, of course, is my big and music mm. are my big go to's, right? Where um, we need to center, you know, we need to empty or we need to face it. And, and you said something, and I just want to bring this out. And, you know, we authentically need to face ourselves right like we need to be honest can i can i look myself in the mirror and go wow this morning you're just a little bit cranky girl what's going on <laughs> right and admit it rather than going oh no 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 i'm just going to think about you know butterflies and fairies i'm fine over here and right now especially on the world like the shadow is up so all that stuff that people have been trying to compartmentalize or stick in a shoebox in the back of the closet like no, no, it's coming out. Yes. It is coming out. Well, and thank God, yeah. you know, it's like when you think about if we if we have a wound and we just cover it up, but we don't deal with the infection, it's going to just continue to fester and fester and fester. And that's kind of what's happened. And we yeah. now have this, this circumstance where it's like, okay, the scab has been peeled off. Now we can do, now we can look at that. What's What's there that does need to be healed? What needs to be cleaned up? So this has been like an incredible opportunity for all yeah. of us, truly. And and it, you know, and, and if we can move away from the what if, you know, the what if yeah. game that we can play and go, oh my gosh, what if this happens? And really bring ourselves back to the present moment yeah. and saying that you know the, the power that we have truly is in the present moment to make change, to heal. You know, I, I think that that's that's what we need to do because we do have the opportunity right now. And as we breathe through the uncomfortableness, instead of like you said, trying, you know, distract ourselves or go into a spiritual bypass where it's like, oh, everything's fantastic. It's like, let's, let's just pause and look at those parts of ourselves. And as we breathe into them and detach from the story, that's how that transforms. That's how that energy is transmuted. So I think that's really an essential piece that you brought up. Yeah. And I like what you just said about breathing into it and detaching from the story. And so we're going to take a little station break. Uh, I want to I talk more about that when we come back. And uh, everybody listening, you know, my guest today, of course, is the amazing Stephanie James, the spark herself. <laughs> from my heart, tears, so much love. And, um, and I'm Loretta Brown. We're talking about her book, uh, Becoming Fierce, and just get it right now. Just go ahead and get it while during the station break and we will be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. 
Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Thank you. We had a little dance break and a little heart-to-heart talk. And welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my amazing guest, Stephanie James. Yes, the original Stephanie James. James, that's how that works. Um, These shows are all archived at the uh, KKNW 1150 uh, archives for the original Loretta Brown Show. And of course, we're on iTunes, Podcast One, Spotify, um, Twitter, uh, live YouTube, I don't know, all over the place. Benny probably knows better than I do, but you can go back and listen to these shows over and over again, download them for free. And I've been on the radio for years, so there's hundreds of shows, lots of them, good stuff on there, wonderful guests. And of course, we're talking today about becoming fierce. Um, during the break, I was I was asking Stephanie, does the heart have to break open, right? And um, it, it, it is part of the journey, at least at this point. And, and Stephanie was sharing that maybe maybe we don't have to suffer in order to transform. I want to just share real quick with you because I was going to show you. Um, this is a Kintsugi bowl. And um, I have a, a class with women and we've been working on brokenness and being put back together. And we did a lot of work last year and I'm only bringing this in because it actually fits in. So when we face that brokenness, when we look at our stories and then we put it together. So this year we're working on what's in it. (laughs) I have rose petals in it, but who knows, right? So jump in there anywhere and um, yeah, kind of address how important is is it for us to identify our stories and, and shift them, right? Yes. You know, what, what we were talking about at break is is exactly that, that we really have bought into and, and we've been, you know, enculturated, all of us. I mean, it's, it's the collective unconscious mind that says we have to suffer in order to heal or right. you know, in order to grow. And so I, I do think that it's an important part that we start shifting um, into a different narrative. I, I do believe our stories are essential. I mean, as you and I know, yeah. sharing those stories can really help other people to heal as it touches it. It's, it's a heart opener. It's a portal as we share these stories. And um, I think we can't get too attached to our story as the definition of us because we are so much more. We are beyond our story. We're beyond our circumstances or situations we've been through. And so, you know, I, I think it's really an important thing that we do go back to what I've defined for myself as the spark, which is that essence within us that you know, the wind can't blow it out, water can't wet it. It sometimes feels like it gets covered up. And so our work is really to excavate that, to return to that place. And when we were talking earlier, Loretta, about just being playful and you know being a little kid, I think I'm more a little kid now than I've been you know, <laughs> since I've been a kid, you know? Um, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that that's part of what this joy is. Part of the healing for me has been in joy. 
You know, I literally just had to get rid of my trampoline in the backyard. <gasps> this huge no. old trampoline. It was so old, it was rusting oh. out. <laughs> But I literally, like during the pandemic, I would go during my lunch break and jump on the trampoline with my big standard poodle because she <laughs> loves jumping and she would just make me laugh the whole time with these big floppy ears. And I even recorded a video to share because it was so funny and so fun. And I mean, so that kind of playful freedom, um, you know, my partner Morgan and I will you know, put on tunes and dance in the kitchen while we're cooking dinner or whatever. I mean, those moments of just play and fun, those are healing moments when we access that part of us that no longer feels like, oh, I have to be serious all the time, or I'm so concerned about how I'm presenting to the world that I have to be a role, or I have to be this certain stereotype that I've even put on myself. Right. So I think... You know, I think as we're speaking about that, there are ways of letting go of that false narrative of suffering is the way to healing or my heart has to be broken open. This morning when I was doing that meditation I was speaking to you about, yeah. part of what I did is just rest in my heart chakra and just feel it. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. it feels like, you know, I'm, I'm having to pry it open a little bit. <laughs> And, and literally, it was like the mantra just came to me. I kept saying it over and over again. You know, it is safe to love. It is safe to love. Yeah. And, and so we can do practices like that, that are heart expanding, that really put us in touch with that essential self. Um, and I think that, again, those are the things that help clear the conduit. Those are things that are going to help bring that energy into the world. Um, it is safe to love. Yeah. And the heart, right? The heart. A lot of people try to jump over the heart, jump above it or jump below it, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I kind of feel like we've got to go into it or through it or open it, kind of like what you say, because so many people have built walls, you know, and they don't want to be vulnerable. Um, I was talking the other day to some, uh, some women, right? Some people, and we were talking about um, having a voice, and. You know, I, I, I don't want to go to politics. I just don't do that. I'm a spiritual platform. But I do want to just say this. There's so For all, all the people out there, we have stories that we've never told. And when we block that down, kind, I'm kind of watching right now people coming forward and sharing their stories. And so I agree with you. There is an importance to stories at some point. But I'm always uh, cautious of... Um, using that story as a definition of me or being addicted to my story. It's such a great story, by the way, right? Or using it to define myself. And, and somebody asked me the other day and she said, but Loretta, who am I without my story? Mm -hmm. Right? So what would you say to that? Because I know what I said. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm curious what you said. Um, you know, what, what I have said when I've had that same thing happen and I literally just had a client the other day say that, you know, and, and really, and, and part of her story was what her career has been. And now she's shifting to something else. So right. who am I? Yes. And I said, how interesting, you know, that, that, that becomes the definition of who we are. Yeah. And, you know, I liken it to when, you know, someone say that you meet someone and they have cancer, they're not going to introduce themselves as high on cancer. No. It's, 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 it's a part of who they are. It's something that they have to deal with. They have to manage. 
you know, it's, it's something that they have to pay attention to. And then they are themselves. The essential mm -hmm. self, again, is so much more than that. And so the essential self is so much more than our stories. And it does not define us. We are defined by something so much deeper. And so we can hold on to that. And actually, in my sense, when people hold on to their story too tight, there, there's a little bit of a victim stance in there. And we need to really look at, yeah. you know, how do we let go of being a victim to life instead of that life is happening for us so that we can be fuller expressions of who we truly are? Well, and it kind of goes back to the story you were sharing about your, your dad, right? And, and that journey and how at that moment, right, when everything blew up and fell apart, and then even in the years after that, when your connection with him or your ability to access him was cut off, at any of that point, you might not have said, wow, this is such a great thing that has happened, right? Right. Because sometimes it takes a while for it to unfold itself and, and you to come to... Um, the point that you are now which which is where you can you know sometimes i don't think we ever really get over some of these things like they're still there like you can run your finger along the scar of it and you know there it is but then you also be, get to a greater understanding of how it has helped develop you or you have developed yourself right like as many different ways of saying that yeah, yeah I, I i think that's a really important point and one of the times that I truly got insight into that was about three years ago, I had Arielle Ford on my show. Oh, yeah. And, and she had spoken about that, you know, here she had had very similar wounds to what you and I, you know, have been talking about. Yes. And she said, you know, now with her husband, she got married very late in life in her forties, had not gotten married before that. And then all of a sudden these issues came up that weren't there before. And, you know, the reality that you and I know it's, it's love brings up anything unlike itself for the purpose of being healed. So we might look fabulous when we're by ourselves. And then it's like this new opportunity to grow and heal because those issues won't come up unless we're in a relationship. So, and she said, you know, the wonderful thing is we can really, really heal these parts of ourselves. And yet they really are a part of ourselves. And, and honestly, Loretta, the, the way that I say it is that you know, I'm not going to cut off my arm because, you know, now my arm is healed a lot. This is a part of me. I don't have to define myself by this wound. And yet it has helped to make me who I am, as you said, right now. Yeah. So I think our stories, yeah. And the wound, there always is a little tender place for me, Yeah. yeah. you know, and I think that um, that's part of what she said, that that wound will always be a part of us. And I kind of you know, even though intellectually I knew that it really brought it home, like, wow, you've healed and healed and healed. And yet that wound is still a part. And it gave me permission to say, yeah, that's true for me too. It really is true for me. And with my current partner now, a year ago, he left for three months and went to Central America. And it, it was for a, a it was for a spiritual journey that he had begun 10 years previous. And I knew from the day that we met, that that was going to be happening in his future at some point. I did not know, however, how deeply I would get triggered again about this sense of loss. And, you know, he, he was going and not knowing when he was going to be back. He was guessing three months, but he didn't know. So it was that sense again of casting him into the abyss. And so that the unhealed parts of me that felt abandoned came up again. And what a beautiful opportunity after about a month of being ticked off at 
<laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and finally gaining some perspective that it really was my wound, you know, that he had not done anything to me at all. Actually, again, it was like this blessing of like, oh, there's still that, you know, I've done all this work. I really wanted it to be healed, but it's, there was still that raw place inside of me. And I share it in the book because it was this beautiful moment of, again, serendipity and, and how the divine comes through where I could not get on line with my, I have a meditation group that actually meets out of Seattle. So we do it online and it was a full moon. So it was going to be this special meditation. I could not get on this call to save my life. I'm on it every week. So why it wouldn't go through, I have no idea. So instead I, I said, well, okay, I guess, well, I do have an idea now, but so I went and sat on my back porch, beautiful full moon, and I'm just sitting out there meditating by myself. And then this poem came through me, this just awareness of how I had tried to really put that part of me that was still wounded in the shadows and how much I needed to really hold on to this beautiful little girl inside of me and to really surrender her to the moonlight, not to be forgotten, but so that she could see her, her gorgeous radiance and how she is loved. And it was such a transformative moment for me. Um, and it really was what let go of all of that. And then the next two months, I just dove in. I dove into doing yoga, you know, at my gym every morning. I deepened my spiritual practice. I started deepening my connections with my girlfriends here. I mean, all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, I, that's okay that that came up and I can heal it. I don't need anyone else outside of me to fix it. I can bring the divine energy in that is the biggest love an unconditional source of holding and yeah it was transformed so i love that um you know it, it fits into the, the the whole conversation that we're having i'm thinking about uh, the difference between internal and external control mm -hmm. and how that on the outside of us like you say can really get us going and i i want to point this out too I so appreciate your honesty that you were like ticked off for a month, you know, at your guy, and then you you took care of it, right? Because so many people do try to skip over that part where they allow themselves to be wherever they're at, and they're like, "Oh, I have to get over this," you know. I've got to I've got to get to the yeah, yeah. And and there was literally no getting over it for that month. I mean, I I and I'm not a big crier. Interestingly, I think because of my profession, I've held space for other people's emotions. I'm crying a lot more lately, I have to tell you, in the last few years. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I too. cried every day for a month. I mean, sobbed, sobbed, and sobbed. Um, and so the, I, I share that I'm not a big crier because that was not comfortable for me. And yet I knew, I, I knew, even though I didn't have the clarity I did at that full moon, I still knew it was essential work for me. I knew I needed to be with what was happening yeah. and, and that sense of not having external control. And like you just spoke about, I think that's one of the things I talk about it in the book about, you know, our sense of power is yes. robbed from us yes. when we have this external locus of control over feelings, over self-concept, whatever that is, and how we moved that internal locus, which is the inner control. And that's really, you know, we're no longer handing our power away on a silver yeah. platter to everyone else. 
or circumstances. We say, okay, and at least for me, I can say in my experience, it's when I am in alignment and I am connected to the divine, that's when miracles happen. That's when healing happens. That's when serendipity shows up um, and new paths and new portals are made open. I think, you know, so it, it becomes really the essential journey. And I think that's what that's what the pandemic was for us. It was the essential universal calling to <coughs> literally come within. And so, you know, that journey continues. And I think, yeah, I just, I, to me, that's, it, it actually is exciting when we can get past the point of, oh, I don't want to feel that way. I, I just want to be in bliss. We, we signed up for this life and this life, you know, and being in this world, it's in dichotomy. It's in mm -hmm. parallel. It's in polars. So I think, you know, we have to acknowledge, yeah, some of it's going to be the joy and the ecstasy. And sometimes it's going to feel like despair and it's going to feel like a gutting inside. Um, and again, if we can breathe with it and not tell a story about it, but be with a sensation, maybe bring that divine light of healing into it, then it begins to dissolve and transmute. Um, you're bringing up a point here and I, it's speaking to my heart and it has to do with power. I love this section of your book about power, about how people are possibly afraid of their power or they don't know how to step into the power or we tend to be in a world where we were possibly taught to give our power to others. Like a lot of people are like, you know, where is the person who's going to lead us out of this mess, right? And it's easy to say, well, we are the ones we've been looking for, right? You know, <laughs> right? But this idea of power, of being empowered, what does that have to do with fierceness? So, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's super important to understand the definition of fierceness and being fierce because it's not right. about being aggressive, although that's what right. people associate it with. Mm -hmm. yeah. Being fierce is really about living with purpose and passion and tapping into our authentic selves. Because when we do that, when we allow that essence that is us, we do become empowered. We have our voice. It's not power over anyone, but it's power within ourselves. And I think that is where that fierceness comes in because then we really, we, the calling becomes so strong as you start really doing that inner work where you're like, okay, I need to listen to what is my inner calling? What is my true purpose? What, am, what are my gifts to bring? And we create space for that. I really do. I believe that we become a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> um, because we're, we become unstoppable in wanting to share whatever that is. So our true source of power flows through that. It's not about, I'm going to be fierce over anyone or control anything outside of myself. And interestingly, Loretta, it's not about, I'm going to control what's going on inside of me. It's not about no. control at all. No, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's about beingness. It's about being with this moment and this moment and this moment. Well, and you said something earlier um, and it's true. I cannot change the future by being in the past or being in the future. I can only change it in the present. So if I make a different choice right now, if I decide to look at something straight in the eye, right? You know, if I decide to, you know, take a deep breath, allow myself to be myself and fiercely and lovingly and compassionately and gracefully and 
pick a word strongly, whatever it is, stand up and say, you know what, I have this thing and I want to share it. And, and so I'm going to share it. And that's how it's going to be. And maybe I'm going to spread light around or love around or lemon pie or something. <laughs> right? You know. <laughs> well, and I love that because, you know, it made me think of my daughter, Acacia, my oldest daughter, who is very introverted and has some social anxiety. She would tell you that. Um, and yet her gift to the world is her beautiful artwork. And she is so talented and such a beautiful heart. And so, you know, we're going to have our gifts in different ways. They're not all going to look the same. Yeah. So I think, you know, and, and one of the ways I think to keep clearing the conduit that we're speaking of is also, you know, one of the chapters is purge what doesn't serve. And if we want to become empowered, it's really looking at our lives where that power is being taken away from us. Yeah. And it might be in false beliefs. It might be our limiting beliefs. It might be in behaviors that we have that no longer serve us. If I want to be healthy and fit and my behavior is I like to have chips every day, I'm probably not moving towards that. Um, I think we can look at, you know, the the book, what is it? The the This is not the correct title, but it's the gift of tidying up. Um, you know, I, I think- Marie Kondo. We, Marie Kondo, yeah. exactly. Yeah you know, where we look at what things do I have in my home? Does, does this bring me joy or are there, you know, and we know each object has energy. So are we, are we doing things that are, you know, giving up that energy? Um, so getting rid of that. And then also what relationships, I think yes. this is essential. What relationships yes, are really draining us of our energy and, and that are toxic? and no longer serving us. Well, and you shared something so powerful in the book regarding your your dad and I I, I know we're we only have like 5 minutes left or something but um that to me I have so many people right now who are talking about what do I do because I'm not getting along with my family members and we're not it's not just that we're not getting along it's that we're we're the schism is so far apart right yes when do we decide when it is the right time to let a relationship go or is there a clear answer for that you know i think it's so individual mm -hmm. right it's absolutely individual and i think that one of the essential pieces is to really look at that relationship you can do something where you're really looking at not pros versus con but cost versus benefit uh -huh. So I, I really invite people to, to write it down and don't just have it in your head because our heads are such, you know, our minds are very slippery. And when you start writing down like the emotional costs, the physical costs, the energy costs, and then what are the benefits to me, heart, mind, body, soul? What, what does that look like? Um, you start getting a more accurate picture. And I, I caution people against, I've had so many people, so many, you know, coaching clients say to me, well, it's not good. I mean, this, you know, this woman is mean to me or she, you know, it, it, she says these horrible things to me and it's been going on for years and da, 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 and put that on one side of the scale. And then on the other side of the scale says, but I love her. Yes. And all of a sudden that carries so much weight. And the reality is love isn't enough. Yeah. 
love's not enough. And I, I love love. If you walked around my house, <laughs> there, there are hearts and the word love everywhere, everywhere. And love isn't enough. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I would invite people, those as just openings to really examining, you know, is this relationship where I can show up as my authentic self? Do I feel like I have my voice? I mean, if, if we tune in, we get those intuitive hits. Am I feeling shut down? Is my throat constricted? Do my guts ache? Am I feeling small or less than? And those are, you know, can be friendships or primary relationships. And there's a truth. Sometimes we, we outgrow and it doesn't mean we're better than, but we outgrow relationships in our life. And when we're feeling drained over and over again, after every encounter, it's really time to look at, we can detach with love. It doesn't have to be mean or cruel. It's saying, thank you for the blessing of this friendship. And now I'm going to focus on this. Yeah, I, there's a lot. There's a lot more to be said. Um, so, Stephanie, we're down to like you know the last minute or two. What do you have coming up? What do you want to say to people? Where can they find you? All of that good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. So people can find me on stephaniejames.world. So stephaniejames.world is the link where you can see the trailer to my new film, which is premiering right now every Friday eight o'clock Pacific time, nine o'clock Mountain Standard Time, Friday evenings on Plex Network on the More You channel. And so the way the More You channel works is that if you download Plex, it's all free, right at eight o'clock, you'll click on the More You channel where it says, listen live. So it's a live streaming channel. And so my film, When Sparks Ignite, is there. And my book, Becoming Fierce, is Barnes & Noble, Amazon, same thing with the spark is on Amazon and you can sign up for a free coaching, a free coaching call with me, a 20 minute free coaching call, a free ignite the spark within visualization on my website. So all the, all the goodies are there at stephaniejames.world. And I'd love to connect with anyone from your audience. That'd be, that'd be super great. Super, super great. In the last like one minute, right? Like 10 seconds. Talk, Talk about our internal GPS, just one sentence, two sentences. My, my words would be tune in, <laughs> tune in, listen, create, create some quiet in your day because we're bombarded. Spend just five minutes in silence. That inner GPS will guide you. Your North star is within you. Thank so you tune so in. much. Thank you so much. And so this, my guest today, Stephanie James, her book, Becoming Fierce, find out about her, check it out. And I'm Loretta Brown and everybody, please enjoy the new moon and all these crazy energies. Keep water close by and stay in love. So much love to you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for your work on the planet. Thank you. So much love to you. Thank you, Loretta. Benny, you're the best.